and welcome to the Energy Alchemy podcast. Today on episode two, we're joined by the lovely Nikki from Sunflower Ventures Coaching. The Energy Alchemy podcast is a podcast where we go deep on energy, life and experiences and talk to you about how you can use all of your experiences to change your life. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a very pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on the, on the show. I've really been looking forward to the session with you. I think it's going to be incredible for the listeners. So Nikki is a coach. Nikki from Sunflower Ventures Coaching. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you, what you do, what lights you up? Yeah, well, I'm a physiotherapist by profession. So I've been qualified 26 years and I, I went into a personal development journey mainly for myself and because of my, my circumstances, which I'll go a bit more into in a bit. And whilst I was doing my training, I flew all, all the way out to Sydney to do all my coaching training. And whilst I was there, I just had a massive light bulb moment of, I need to be coaching people. And, and as a physio, I've done that my whole career because when people come to you with physical problems, they also tell you everything about themselves as well. So <laughs> I've kind of always coached people. And it never dawned on me when I went to Sydney to do my training, although it was a, it was a practitioner certification, I didn't go there to become a coach. I had had one of those almighty downloads while I was there in the middle of the course and just went oh wow okay I know what I need to do now and uh, came back and went full on into coaching so I've been coaching full-time for three years and it lights me up in every single possible way it's I just know it's my purpose it's my passion in my career, I've always been somebody who has created impact with treating people's injuries and, and impacting people's lives. I've always been somebody who creates change and coaching just gives me all of that. It enables me to use not only my knowledge and skills, but my own personal experience, my own journey mm -hmm. to be able to really impact other people's lives. And that for me, I just feel so blessed. I feel really grateful that I've got the skills to be able to do it. And, and seeing the transformations, as you'll know yourself with your work, seeing the transformations in people just fills my heart so much. It just, you know, it just is everything to me. It's absolutely everything. So I'm really grateful that I'm able to do it and I'm able to call it a job. Like, yeah. wow, something that's so much fun and I get so much <laughs> pleasure out of. And it's a job as well. You know, what yeah, could be better? Amazing, amazing, incredible. Yeah, I would have to say from my own experience, obviously changing careers and following my path around this as well, being of service to others and helping them basically just navigate life and change life to the life that they desire is it's just the most incredibly rewarding thing. And it's, you know, it's not oh, yeah. rewarding because we're making them change. Absolutely not. They are changing themselves. They're using, basically, yeah. we're, like a, we're like a tool, right? In a yeah in a, in a tool belt and and we're just the tool that enables the person to see all of those incredible things within themselves and it's yeah. such a well that's what i say thing. to my clients i'm because they're like oh you've changed my life and i say i didn't change your life i just opened your awareness to what was possible and and i gave you the tools to be able to do it but actually do you know what you, you did the work I was just here as a guide and a support and asked you those challenging questions and, you know, perhaps triggered you a bit in, in some ways, in a good way, but actually you created the changes. I'm just a catalyst for it. 100%. Yeah. That's, I think that's the most empowering thing about anyone's journey is realizing that 
the change, the power, all of it sits within you. You know, you can listen to yeah. things, you can have people help you, guide you. But at the end of the day, you you help yourself, you save yourself, you change yourself. It's like we are, yeah. the, each person is their own powerhouse, which... Yeah. yeah, and I think people understanding that it's a journey, it's a process. I think a lot of people that come to coaching think you're going to give them some magic pill, you're going to give them a quick fix. And, and it's really important for clients to understand that actually, you know, this is a process, it's a journey, it's an ongoing evolution. Mm-hmm. And I may be part of your journey now and then in a year's time you might go to somebody completely different that Mm. does a different form of coaching or energy work or the kind of stuff that you do that actually it's it's just that ongoing thing and and we have to never stop we have to just keep learning and growing and evolving and and using whoever we can to help us along the way that to me is really important and I say to clients I I don't think it matters actually who you see as long as you see somebody Mm, and you yeah. deal with that stuff there's no right or wrong as to which path you take so my my training is i'm a master practitioner of nlp timeline therapy and hypnotherapy and and for a lot of people that works really well but for some people that's not what they need they need yeah. something different and it's about actually just find what you need whether that's me or whether that's someone else i've got no ego about it it doesn't matter if if, mm-hmm. if i'm not the person that's fine as long as you find that person that's all that matters to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's the right person, the right coach, the right mentor, you know, out there for everybody. There's so many different modalities and ways of looking at things. Yeah. You know, there's always a way to find your way through the interesting game of life. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about your change. So you're a physiotherapist for 26 years. And so you go yeah. on this this personal development journey and you have this incredible download and light bulb moment that says, wow, actually this is what I should be doing. Was yeah. that scary? You know, how did you navigate that no. change? No, it was really exciting. Actually, it wasn't scary at all. It just felt so right. So I mean, a bit of a background to the story. So I was in an emotionally abusive marriage. So I was with somebody who was living under the label of a mental health illness and, and, when I went to the course, a lot of the reason for going was actually for him because he did the course as well. So he did the training as well. So did my daughter, Kia. So we all went together to do the training. So I had, I'd gone to a one day event in Leicester, which is where I'm from. So I'd gone to a one day event. This guy had come over from Australia. I had no idea who he was. It was a big fear of missing out. Other people were going and I was like, I want to go. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who he was. I knew nothing about it. But I sat in this one day event and I was like, I need to know more. Mm -hmm. And it just connected with me. I've always been very, you know, very spiritually connected, very open to to energies and the impact they have on us and and everything else. I've always been very open to it. But I sat in this this event and just thought, I need to know more. And the following weekend, there was a full weekend event. So I went back for the full weekend event. And I sat in that event. And actually, ironically, that event, I spent most of the time thinking, my husband should be listening to this. He needs to hear this. There were so many things that resonated actually about him and about the children and and the dynamics of the family and the toxicity in the family that a lot of my focus was on. He needs to hear this. So I kind of went home and said, look, I want to go and do this training. It's in Sydney. um, And I think you should come too. And he was a bit like, what? And I said, look, do you trust me? And he said, yes. I said, then you need to trust that you need to be there. 
hindsight is a wonderful thing because I now know that was a mistake. I'll perhaps come back <laughs> onto that in a bit. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, you need to be there too. Um, so we went out there as a family and it was more about healing us as a family. And, and that was my purpose of going. So I was going to get a coaching certification, but I wasn't going for that at all. Mm -hmm. And in my business, so I, I ran, I owned and ran three multidisciplinary sports medicine clinics. I had a business that turned over nearly a quarter of a million pounds, but I was paying myself probably on average about two pounds an hour because mm -hmm. I was putting so much, I mean, a traditional business, anyone who's owned a traditional business will know, I mean, you do hours and hours and hours and, and you get nothing for it apart from a lot of stress. So I was all consumed with running a business and I'd had, my mum had been terminally ill. I was pregnant with my son. My, my clinic manager, my business manager left. And the day after my mum's funeral, I had to go in full time on reception in my clinic and go Gosh. back to running the business. Yeah. So I, I really became a business owner and I never meant to stop treating patients. I never meant to stop doing clinical work. It just happened. So I, I was, I was a business owner. I was consumed by the business. I was being paid virtually nothing for doing it. And I sat in this training in Sydney and just thought, do you know what? An integral part of who I am is somebody who creates change, somebody who creates an impact. And I'm not doing that on reception. I'm not doing that behind accounts and policies and procedures. And I was like, I need to coach. And my biggest clinic, which had the biggest turnover, was also my biggest stress. That was the one I was full time on reception on. And we went out for dinner that night and I just said to Kira, my, my husband, I said, it's gone. And they said, what? And I said, the Leicester Clinic. And they both looked to me like, what? And I said, it's gone. I'm selling it. And they were both like, they were like, and I'm like, yeah. And I just had, in that moment, I had absolute certainty. There was never a doubt in my mind that that was what I needed to do. I needed to free myself from that traditional business. I needed to get back to really creating an impact because it's such an integral part of who I was. And I'd lost that integrity and that part of me. And I needed to get that back. And the, one of the funny things about the story is that I, I worked at the clinic before I bought it and it was set up by a GP and an osteopath and it was this GP's baby. It was his dream to have this multidisciplinary clinic. You didn't really have them at the time. It was his dream, his passion. He had a lot of stuff going on in his life and I bought the business off him and he was also the landlord of the building. So when I was looking to sell it, I said, I rang him and said, look, you know, we've never actually got a formal tenancy agreement because he was very laid back and stuff, a bit of a hippie, very laid back. And I'm like, we've never actually had a formal tenancy agreement and I can't sell this business with no tenancy agreement. And he just jokingly said, what, you wouldn't sell it back to me then? And I went, yeah, if you want it, then yeah. <laughs> and I sold it back to him. So I sold yeah. it to the person I bought it from. And about a week after we had this conversation and he agreed to buy it, he messaged me and said, because he'd been in a very difficult place. He messaged me and said, if you hadn't rang me that day, I honestly don't think I'd be here. Oh, wow. And I was just like, it was one of those where I was like, you know, I, I, I'm totally believing the synchronicities of the universe and I see it all the time. And I was just like, wow, that full circle was meant to be. I bought it off him when he was having a difficult time. I looked after it. I evolved it. I grew it. 
And then I handed it back to him. It was almost like I babysat the business for him mm-hmm. and then handed it back to the person whose passion it was in the first place. And it just felt, everything about it felt right. Yeah. I never doubted it for a second. I just knew I had absolute certainty it was what I needed to do. Mm. Which is so beautiful to just be in that space and to know and feel that certainty. I guess, yeah. unfortunately, it's not like that for everybody. <laughs> you know, knowing, no. you know, I think if you think of many other people who were faced with the same scenario as you, so looking at a long-term part of their life, their career and going, I found something else that feels like it's something that I should really be doing. That could be yeah. so daunting and so scary because there's oh, just the so much of the familiar. Yeah, so yeah. It's just your identity. You've known that thing for so long. And so yeah. the, the fear of how would I be without this? How do I you know, shift from this to something else that, yeah. could, that could really hold you back, I guess. And like, oh, it's God, inc- yeah incredible that you had such clarity and so you saw all of the pieces fall into place around you and I think that's something that's so beautiful that happens when we really just surrender to the process yeah and I think for me I think a big part of it was my life was such a fucking mess beforehand that I you know I went to Australia thinking something has to change I cannot live like this anymore you know there were so many things going on in my personal life and I was like I cannot live like this anymore this is not good for me it's not good for my family something has to change it never Mm -hmm. dawned on me that that was what was going to change but I had total certainty before I went to Australia that I needed to be there and I couldn't have explained to anybody why. So I could have done the training course about 10 miles away from where I live. And people were like, are you mad? Why are you going to Australia? And I was like, well, why not for the first, you know, why would I not go to Sydney if I could? But I just knew that that's where I needed to be. I knew that was the person I needed to train with. I just knew that was where I needed to be. And I knew that I was at a point in my life where if I didn't make a massive change, it was going to destroy me. You know, Mm. it was already destroying me, my self-worth. I wasn't valuing myself. It was already destroying me. And I was like, life, this isn't a, I should do this. This is a must. This something has to change. So I think, when, when I kind of had that big download, there was no fear at all. There was just total certainty of this is why I've been, I've been put in this moment right now. This is why my journey's led me to being in Australia, to being on this course. Mm. It was for this moment. I'm meant to be here. So there was no fear about it because yeah. I just knew it was, it, it was where I was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think because what you were saying is at that time, you know, your life was was a mess. And so anything would really be, you know, an improvement, wouldn't it? It would have been. Just... Oh, yeah. It couldn't have got much. <laughs> it was a whole emotional shitstorm every day. It yeah. really couldn't have, it couldn't have got much worse. I mean, actually, it did on and off get a bit worse after that. But, you know, it was at that point where it was like, you know, this something big has to happen yeah. or I'm destroying myself and actually I'm not prepared to do that I'm not prepared I've worked too hard all my life to get to where I am actually to be destroyed something has to happen and I think you know it's a shame for so many of us and I see it a lot with my clients I always tell the story of whether you're familiar with it with the feather and the brick Mm -mm. I don't whether you're so so what the universe does is it tickles us with a feather and when it tickles us with the feather we're like oh what was that you know that's a bit annoying and we just (laughs) brush it off 
Yeah. And we're like, oh yeah, that was a bit annoying. And we move on. And then the universe goes, hmm, you're not really listening, are you? So the universe throws a brick at your head. Yeah. And then when you get the brick at your head, you're a bit like, ow, ow, that actually really hurt. <laughs> yeah. But most of us still go, okay, never mind, I'll carry on. And then we get <laughs> what is commonly known as the motherfucking Mack truck, which hits you with such force that at that point you have no option, but something has to change. Mm. And for most of us, we wait for the truck. We yeah. wait for the truck to hit and we shouldn't, we, we should be noticing the feather and we should definitely notice the brick, but we don't. And we keep going and we keep going and we keep going. And then we get hit by the truck and then, then we're at our lowest low, you know, energetically, self-worth, everything. We're, we're rock bottom by then. And then we're building ourselves back up, but we don't have to wait for the truck. But yeah. most of us do. But when the truck hits, you cannot ignore that stuff. Yeah, uh, But actually some people, some people still do, <laughs> but you know, that's another story. But you, you know, that's the point where you have to go, okay, right something's got to give here something has yeah. to change life cannot carry on like this yeah and so life could be a lot more beautiful and flow with a lot more ease if we just paid attention to the feather giving us that little tickle saying hey over here mm -hmm. this way do that or yeah even if we have paid attention to the brick you know it would still be a whole lot easier than that oh truck. god yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when I look at my relationships, I think that's exactly what happened to me with the universe tickled with me with a feather many times with relationships. Then it started hitting me with bricks and the universe is going, Nikki, you are not listening. And then it gave me my ex-husband. And then I was like, okay, now I'm listening. Now yeah. I get it. But it, you know, we ignore these things and we just go, oh, you know, we ignore our gut. We ignore our intuition. We think it'll be okay. It'll get better. And the universe is constantly nudging us and showing us these signs and giving us this option to create change. And we just don't do it most of the time until the truck comes. Yeah. And that's something so powerful to realize is that the things that are happening in our life that are so hard, so difficult, you know, just, so painful are actually the things that we really need to heal within ourselves and we really need to yeah. work through you know a lot of those painful scenarios or, or experiences that happen it's because we're not standing in our own power we're not oh, holding totally. our self-worth yeah. the way that we should so yeah our message for this podcast which we decided on just before is um and some of this is your words obviously is uh, moving <laughs> moving from pain to power and owning your shit so yeah. do you want to tell us about that Mack truck, that motherfucking Mack truck? That <laughs> yes, you? I'd love to tell you about the truck. Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, on my journey, I had, I had a lot of bitter pills to swallow. And, and what I did for a long time, which I think a lot of people will resonate with, is I lived in victim mode, totally lived in victim mode. It's not my fault. It's mm. because my ex-husband's a massive twat. It's because this person's doing this. It's because the dog ate my homework. It's the economy. It's whatever, you know, full of excuses, excuses, excuses for my, why my life wasn't where I wanted it to be. And, and the moment that I took responsibility, it was hard. I mean, it was really hard. And I say that to clients, you know, this was the bitterest pill I had to swallow to say, do you know what? If my life was like that, I have a role to play because mm. I'm part of it. If I'm present, if I'm observing things, if I'm there, I have a role to play in this. 
and to be able to move from blame mode to taking total responsibility was absolutely huge it was a game changer but it was also a, a difficult thing to do in some ways because you're having to, to own your shit and you're having to go okay so I'm in this really toxic marriage it's not my fault that somebody has a mental health illness. It's not my fault that they treat me like that, but I have to take total responsibility for the fact that I've allowed that. Yes. And that was the big thing for me to go, okay, so that person repeatedly treats me in a way that crosses my boundaries, but they can only do that because I've let them, because I have shown them that that's okay. I've shown them that I'm, not worth any more than that and mm -hmm. and what i realized was i had a breakthrough with did a breakthrough session with one of my nlp colleagues we did a relationship breakthrough and she said to me you know have you ever had a relationship like this before and i was like are you actually joking like who would do this more than once like <laughs> what are you talking about and then in the, the like the days after that i was like oh and i started to look back at pretty much every relationship i'd ever had and I was like, shit, there's an element of this same pattern in, in pretty much every romantic relationship I've had. And there came the moment where I had to go, I'm the common denominator. Mm. And that's, that's quite a big thing. It's quite a big moment to go, hold on a minute. What is it about me that means I've been in this situation over and over again. And it kind of comes back to the feather and the brick, you know, I was ignoring all those things. So the first time I allowed somebody to cross my boundaries, I put a message out there to say that that was okay. And yeah. the universe delivers exactly what we're putting out there. And I was putting out a message of it's okay to cross my boundaries. So the people crossing my boundaries got bigger and, and better at doing it and and the more they did that the more my self-worth was decreasing the less I valued myself the more I was tolerating the shitty behavior from people but to get to that point where I had to realize that that's me I have to take responsibility for that so I can't blame somebody else now it doesn't change the fact that my ex-husband is not a very nice person. It doesn't change that. That's still fact. But I have to take responsibility for what I allowed and for how I responded to it emotionally and, and how I allowed that to play out because that's totally my responsibility. And, and that for me and when I work with clients is, you know, it's the biggest thing I say to clients, if you can't take 100% responsibility for your life as it is, you're never going to progress because when you're in blame mode, when you're talking about it's the economy, I can't grow my business because people aren't spending money or because this has happened, that's happened, my relationship. If you can't take responsibility for your part in it, you're never going to evolve past it. You're never going to grow and you're never going to become everything you can become. And I kind of look back at the journey I've been on and I'm way more grateful for the really horrific things that have happened than I am the good things because I know that those really awful things have shaped me into the person I am today and, and I have total certainty in myself. I am proud of who I am. I am, I am unapologetically me and I love that and, and you know I've had to own all those things to become all of that but that's because of the shit things that happened. So mm -hmm. if they hadn't happened, I wouldn't have had the growth I've had in the same way. So it's kind of like 
yeah, you know, that 11 years in that marriage were pretty fucking horrific. But if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't be the coach I am today. I wouldn't be the mother I am. I wouldn't be the friend I am. And, and I wouldn't be who I will be in future relationships had those things not happened. So I very much believe that everything has a purpose. And as much as it doesn't feel like it at the time, because we think, shit, why are these things happening to me? They're not happening to you. They're happening for you. Yeah. If you are open to, to learning the lessons, if you're open to saying, okay, why is this happening? And if it keeps happening to me, what is my role in this? Because if I'm present, I have a role to play and I have to take responsibility for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the time that role unfortunately that we play is a role of not doing anything you know like a lot yeah. of the time those boundaries get crossed we get treated a way that we don't agree with but for whatever reason whether that's fear of conflict or lack of self-worth or just not wanting to stir the pot we don't yeah. take action we don't say hey like no that's not okay or i don't deserve to be treated that way we don't so our role yeah. very often is almost just a silent role and that's how we yeah. land up in these in these situations yeah so what we do then is we teach the other person that it's okay yeah so by accepting it we teach them that it's okay to treat me like that and then we complain when they carry on doing it but it's like well we've actually taught them that that's okay to do that yeah and if you don't have those boundaries people will keep doing that to you but Absolutely. you don't have those boundaries. If you don't value yourself and you don't have your self-worth, you don't have those boundaries. It has to all be tied up together. You have to go, do you know what? I'm worth more than this. And here's the line. And do you know what? If you cross it, it's a bit like as a parent, you know, you say to your children, here's the line. If you cross it, these are the consequences. And we don't often do that in our adult relationships, whether it's friendship or romantic relationships. We're not very good at saying to people, here's the line. And if you cross it, there are consequences. And we kind of go, mm, it's okay, maybe they won't do it again. But once you've let somebody do it once, you've taught them, it's okay. Yeah. And then they do it again, and then we complain. And like, well, we taught them that. We said that was okay. Yeah. And then we wonder why they do it. Yeah, and, and we didn't verbally say it's okay, but our silence was an indicator that that we would accept that type of behavior, that we would accept the crossing of that boundary. And so... yeah. Yeah, and then it leads us down that path of that happening again and again, and it gets worse and worse. And the more that we talk about it, the more we attract it, and the more we yeah. attract it, the stronger the it becomes. The more energy we, yeah, the focus yeah. and energy we put on it, it gets bigger and bigger. And and the big thing, you know, particularly in relationships, I think if we're not communicating with the other person, then they're never going to know what those boundaries are. We have to. Somebody has to understand what the boundaries are, and. That, and one of the biggest things I always talk to clients about is, you know, when you're having these conversations, you need to use I statements. So I feel for me, I feel when you do this, it makes me feel like this. So it's not you, 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 it's not blame, blame, blame. It's all coming from responsibility and, and being mm. in that place of I'm owning my, my responsibility for this. And I'm saying, I feel like this when this happens. It's not saying you've made me feel like this or you're doing this, but this is how I feel. That situation makes me feel this way. 
and actually I don't feel very comfortable with that or you know I don't that that crosses my boundaries and I'm not happy for that to happen but we're, we're not very good quite often actually communicating that to people we expect them to mind read it yeah. and they should you should just know I don't like that well how would they know because if you've <laughs> never told somebody yeah. you've never communicated that in the right way how would they know and and people then they, they feed off your energy. And if your energy and your silence is saying it's okay to do it, and then six months later you go, well, you should have known that that wasn't right. Well, how's somebody supposed to know? Yeah, If we're absolutely. not communicating it and saying, actually, for me, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And in the moment that person doing that to you, they may not even know like that it's affecting you. Or maybe they do, but it's beneficial to them to get away with whatever they are doing. And so if you don't put that boundary in place, then they just continue to do that because you've allowed it. Yeah. And, and most so of their behaviors are about them. You know, I say to people that <laughs> phrase, the world doesn't revolve around you. You know, there's so much truth to that because we think it's about me, me, me. It's all about ego. But actually that person that reacted to you, that was about their own patterns, their own beliefs, their own fears, their own lack of self-worth and insecurity. And, and actually it was never about us. But we think because we run by ego so much of the time, we think, oh, it's about me. They did that to me. No, actually it was nothing to do with you. You just happened to be in the firing line of that. But it was their yeah. own stuff not yours yeah their whole life's conditioning and experiences that's led them to yeah. what they feel and believe about themselves and they play that out and we yeah. play that part in that relationship or in that that duo with them by being complacent and not actually talking about how we really feel and what we deserve from a yeah. respect perspective so i really love that idea of radical responsibility of actually like you say taking responsibility for everything that happens yeah and yeah. saying it from an I perspective, because it is so powerful to say, I feel this way. And, and yeah. it's true. You do feel that way. Like, so if you feel angry or upset, it's you that's feeling that you're choosing to feel that. Yeah. But yeah. you are also, if you don't do anything about it, you're choosing to allow it. And yeah. very often, like you said earlier, there can be that almost blaming mechanism of, you make me feel angry or you make me feel sad. But yeah. the truth is the power is in that radical responsibility. It's in going. Yeah. Nobody I've... can make you feel anything. Exactly. I feel sad in this situation and I've yeah. chosen to feel sad or I feel angry and I've chosen to feel angry. And whether that choosing to feel angry is because you chose the emotion or you chose to do nothing about the situation that yeah. makes you angry. And very often we can actually just have a really gentle civil conversation to say hey like these things i don't agree with them like i feel yeah. really angry when you do this and this is why yeah and then we give the person that information and the opportunity for them to to realize how we're affected by those things and that's when we create change yeah. Yeah. And I say to people, you know, when they talk about, yeah, but this person does this and this person does that. And I say, yeah, they do. And do you know what? You will meet shitty people throughout your whole life. You know, bad things will happen. Horrible people will come into your life, but you have the power to choose how you respond to it. So undoubtedly people will trigger an emotional response in you. So someone will do something and it will trigger an angry response, but you then have a choice 
what do I do about this? Is it appropriate to be angry? Yeah. Is this the appropriate response or could I choose something different? And I think that's the key for people to understand that, that people will trigger emotional responses in you, but that doesn't mean you have to play them out. You do have that element of choice, but we're basing most of our automatic responses on our patterns, our beliefs, our conditioning, all of that programming in our unconscious mind. And we don't even realize we're doing it half the time and we're just reacting and responding and then blaming somebody else. But to have that understanding, well, actually you do have a choice in every single situation. You know, yes. there is that element of choice. And once you can really take ownership of that and have a greater awareness of it and go, that person really annoyed me. So I would say to myself, if something happens and I start to feel angry, I would say, what is it within me that's made me respond that way? What is it that I need to know about myself? Not yeah. why is that person doing that? Why have they made me feel like that? I say, why has that created that response within me because that's my responsibility and it's it's it, it's a feather it's a brick it usually it's something that the universe is going i'm giving you a little nudge here and it to me that's just an opportunity to grow and to evolve and to go okay that triggered me why did that trigger me is it because it made me feel like i wasn't good enough did it did it bring up my feelings of lack of worth or fear of being judged or whatever it is yeah. But that response is about us. It's actually not about what that person did or said. And then we choose how we respond to it and whether we need to put boundaries in place or we need to say, actually, no, do you know what? That doesn't feel good to me. And, and I'm not happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as, as humans, our core nature is to always strive for feelings of joy, love and happiness. And all of those emotions on the opposite end of the spectrum, and, and I don't like to label them as bad or, you know, negative emotions but all those on the opposite end of the spectrum when they come up within us they're letting us know that what is happening is moving us in the direction away from that which we truly desire which is love yeah. joy happiness and peace and so if anger comes up in you in that moment it can be so beautiful to just question that and say why am i angry and then it's yeah. like well they you know they behaved this way okay how would I like them to behave? Well, I would have liked them to behave a different way. Yeah. All right. So yeah. that's why I'm angry. I'm angry because I would have enjoyed an experience where this person was loving, kind and caring, and instead they were spiteful. So the anger yeah. is something in me that's saying, hey, the situation that you're in right now is very far off from where you really want to be. Yeah. And so... Yeah often we don't question that. And so then we take that anger and we lash out at that person or we yeah. bury it inside. And, and we it, go into blame mode. Yeah. Where really yeah, what it is, is it's, it's an, an indicator saying, Hey, Carl, like you're off on this other direction, which is going nowhere near where you really want to go. Yeah. And, and those boundaries, those conversations, those are the little yeah. nudges that we're just steering the ship with. We're just slowly turning yeah. the rudder and we're going back into the direction of the thing that we want yeah so i want to just unpack this for a minute the blaming and i guess not putting these boundaries in place not having these discussions you know just sort of going through these relationships and not taking the responsibility and not really speaking up for ourselves or how we feel why do you think it is that we do that so in those relationships these things come up and we just 
it's some, I mean, it's something that's happened to me previously in life. And I think yep. it's pretty much happened to everyone is you're in this situation and you just think, you know what, it's probably just easier if I don't. And so yeah. you don't. And so what is it like at a core level that causes us to have that thought that causes us to think it'll just be easier if I don't say anything, I can deal with it. I'll just carry on. Yeah. I think for me, I think the biggest thing is, is fear. It's the emotion of fear and that can take so many forms. You know, the fear of being judged, the fear of not feeling good enough, the fear of not being worthy. It, you know, yeah. sometimes it's just easier to just accept it than, than face that and question that and ask, well, actually, why am I fearful of that? So if I speak up, am I fearful that that person's then going to reject me? And then yes. if they reject me, then I feel like I'm not enough. And then that reinforces the feeling that I've possibly already got that I'm not enough because of the other relationships that happened in. And it's almost we put up with things because that's easier than feeling rejected or feeling like we're not good enough and feeling like we're not worthy because so many of us are battling that anyway in our lives. We kind of almost don't want an extra arena to battle that in. And it's kind of like... If I just sit quietly, maybe they'll just be a bit nicer to me or maybe yeah. they just won't do it again. But what we actually do is give them that, that really strong message that it's okay to do that. And so they, therefore they keep doing it. And it's, I think when you haven't spoken up, the more you don't speak up, then the harder it gets to speak up. And I think it's just so many elements of, of fear in it. And, yeah. and, you know, we have that need within us, that, that basic human need for love and connection. And we sometimes get that in really disempowering ways. And we're almost feeding a need for love and connection through fear and through being treated in that negative way, because we're almost getting some significance from that but we don't realize it's not actually really serving us. We could get that our need for significance could be, could be found in a much more empowering way in a much more loving way with a lot more gratitude. And, but it's kind of almost, we're chasing basic human needs, but we're chasing them in a really negative way. Cause it's almost like, at least if they're attacking me, they're doing something. Yeah. At least they're connecting with me in some <laughs> way like, Oh, the shit that's better than them ignoring me. And we just get into that. I think we get into that cycle without even knowing that's what we're doing at a conscious level. Yeah. We're just in that pattern and cycle. And, and it often does take the Mack truck for us to go, oh, wow. Okay. Now I see what was happening. Now I see what I was doing. And that's why so many people stay in toxic relationships, stay in abusive relationships because their self-worth is so low. It's almost, it's better to feel like this than have nothing because I feel like nothing anyway. Yeah. So at least if I've got somebody here, if I fight back, they might reject me altogether. And that fear is, is too much. Yeah. I would rather be in this situation than, than have nothing and have that fear of, but what if I get rejected? What if, you know, I feel even less worthy than I am now because I'm not good enough for that person who treated me like shit anyway. Like kind of almost like have a word with yourself. What do you mean? You're not good enough for that person. Actually, you're too good for that person who is thinks it's okay to treat you like that. You're actually too good for it. But in that, that emotional state, we don't see that. You can't, it's just everything's so blurred and cloudy and you mm. just don't see it. 
Yeah. And those relationships can really wear you down over time to oh, have gotcha. <clears throat> far less self-worth, self-love than you started with in the first place. Oh, think, totally. Yeah. I think like something that really plays up in those relationships of not speaking up, like you say, fear, absolutely. But I think that fear comes from a place of, again, not knowing your self-worth, but believing that love, joy, happiness, acceptance needs to come from outside of ourselves. And that's something that yeah. we've definitely been conditioned into throughout our lives. Yeah. You know, just growing up, very quickly you learn that, you know, it feels good when someone outside of you says, oh, well done, great job, like this was awesome. Yeah. And so we start to attach yeah. our self-worth to the experiences outside of ourselves. And when we get to that point in a relationship, we don't want to speak up because like you say, there's fear of the rejection, fear of losing that yeah. person. And then you think to yourself, well, if I lose this person, then who's going to love me? Like who's going to give me yeah. that attention? And so even though that attention is negative, we still welcome it because, because we're not it's complete inside. <clears throat> we, yeah. we're, we're missing that, that portion of love and self-worth within us. Because yeah, if we absolutely. really had that, in those scenarios you wouldn't be, tolerate it would you You wouldn't you'd be saying you know what no. i would rather be on my own happy yeah. and filled with like yeah. love and joy than be with this clown who's treating me so badly yeah exactly and that's where it you know it comes back to what i was saying about living at cause or living at effect you know when we're when we're totally at cause and we're taking a hundred percent responsibility we understand that everything starts and ends with self and and you can't expect somebody else to give you what you're not giving yourself so if you don't truly love yourself and you don't truly accept yourself and you don't value yourself nobody else is going to do it either because yeah. people are going to treat you to the level at which you treat yourself but we're always looking for that external thing if i just do that then i'll be happy and this person will like me more no you have to like you more you have to be happy from within you have to be proud of what you're doing and you have to have that love for yourself or nobody else is going to do it either and 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 that again for me was a big part of my journey realizing that that the relationships i was having that were getting worse and worse were a reflection of how i was treating myself and until i started treating myself better and really valuing myself and loving myself and and finding that from within i was never going to get a relationship that was going to be any different it was just, it just wasn't going to happen because I wasn't at cause. I wasn't taking responsibility and I was looking for relationships to help fix those feelings within me, but that was never going to happen because they could only give me what I was giving myself. And as time went on, that was getting more and more shitty, the stuff I was giving myself. Like I wasn't, and certainly in my last relationship with my marriage, as the marriage went through, I was valuing myself less and less and less and less to the point that I was like, this is destroying me. This is completely destroying me. And I was in that blame mode. Well, it's because of this. It's because of that. And I was like, no, Nikki, it's because of you. Like, wake up. This is this starts and ends with you. And if you don't fix what's going on within you, none of this is going to change. And you're going to end up in another shitty relationship and another shitty relationship and nothing, that pattern will just keep going and going and going. And I think that's where a lot of people, they, it's a hard concept for a lot of people to understand, but it has to come from within. And if yeah. you don't feel happy from within, you can't feel happy from without either. You know, it has to start 
with you and we have to understand that the energy that that sends out reflects back the universe is like a mirror it's just reflecting back what we're putting out there and if you don't like what you see you need to be looking in the mirror because that's where the answers lie you know the answers lie in within us mm. and we're always looking for those external sources those fixes outside of us and that's not where the answer is and i think when we go on this kind of journey you know for me obviously I've done lots of work with coaches. We've done some work together recently, which has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, you can have people that can guide you if you're at that place of responsibility. So if you're going, right, I get this. I have to, to love myself. I have to release this stuff. Okay, what could I use that's going to really help and really accelerate this process? But it's only going to work if we're actually taking responsibility for the process. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we have to take that responsibility. Then we can go out and find the mentors, find the coaches and go, right, okay, I really need to work on, on all of this emotion that's in me. What do I do? Who do I turn to? How can mm -hmm. I release that? What feels right to me? What am I aligned with? But you can't do that if you're not taking responsibility for it in the first place. If you're yeah. still blaming everybody and everything else, you can, and for me, I think, you know, I, I will invest in myself because I know it will pay me back 10 times over and I will invest and invest and invest because I know I'm worth it. And yeah. I know because I take responsibility, I'm going to get results from it because I'm open, I'm ready and, and I'm valuing myself enough to go, do you know what? Actually, this is a good thing to do. Yeah. And that's, and like that's a beautiful place to be, to be honest. That's an amazing place to be in life where you can see that and feel that because yeah. I didn't see and feel that for so long. Yeah. You know, absolutely. that just wasn't the case for such a long time. I just got to get a battery for my, um, <laughs> I think my um, battery's going. And um, yeah, the thing with the taking responsibility, like I remember a moment in my life where I started to fully take responsibility and it's unbelievably hard because not only do you take responsibility for the good stuff, you have to take responsibility for all of the oh, yeah. stuff as well. And, and like you yeah. said earlier, to realize that you, you have allowed it or you've attracted it or you have, you know, condoned it and brought it into your life. You've perpetuated the cycle. It really is so hard, but yet so incredibly powerful because you then go, okay, I have the ability to change this. The power, yeah. the choice, you know, the actions, the energy, the thoughts, all of that yeah. change sits within me. And if I can grasp that, then I yeah. can change it. And yeah. something that I think everyone needs to realize about the value of those things to yourself is that you cannot put a price on that. And, you know, reaching out to someone to help you outside of yourself, very often people might look at that and think, oh, wow, that's $100 or $1,000 or $5,000 yeah. $2,000. And I think that's so much money. But at the end of the day, you are so worth that change. And oh, the yeah. question you have to ask yourself is, what would the cost be if I don't change this? Could exactly. that cost be yeah. $100,000 or pounds? You know, could yeah. it be a million pounds? Because maybe... I go through so much stuff in my life that affects me so negatively and I waste years and years doing something that I don't enjoy or I'm in a relationship yeah. that completely destroys my self-worth and then I lose my job as a result. What does that cost? 
you know, like that's oh, something. Yeah, I mean, the cost about. is huge, huge. And I say to, you know, when I start working with clients, so when I do a full breakthrough with somebody, which is, I, I kind of call it it's a bit like a factory reset on your brain. It's, you know, we're clearing out all the shit that isn't serving us and we're installing new empowering patterns. And, and people come into that process with quite a lot of fear and they're like, you know, it is, a, it's a significant investment, you know, and I don't, I say to people, yeah, it's a significant investment, but I promise you at the end of it, you will say to me, Nikki, I would have paid 10 times over for that. Mm-hmm. now I know what I know now so when people come out the other side of it and they get the results they're like wow you know that was actually a small price to pay for the changes in my life and the quality of my life and I would have paid 10 times that yeah but before they go through the process because there's the fear I don't know what's going to happen there's the uncertainty who will I be the other side of this people are you know they they're, they hold back and and they don't value themselves enough to do it and I, you know, I say to people, I've, I've spent thousands of pounds on my personal development. When I flew to Sydney, you know, there was three of us that flew. I didn't have the money at all. I didn't have to, you know, pay for the course, find the flights, the accommodation. I was like, I do not have the money. I have minus money even before I started. But I just knew that I had to do it, that I knew that it, I needed to do this. I needed to take that, that, that step and, and change my life in that way and I, I never doubted that it would pay me back 10 times over and then some and it has done in my personal life but it, you know it's it, for me actually it's paid me back way more in in the impact I've had on other people yeah. which is no monetary value and actually that's that's been the biggest payoff for me is like the lives I've changed as a result I can't put a monetary price on that but mm-hmm. that was worth every penny, every tear I've shed, every wall, you know, boundary I've been pushed up against. Every time some a coach has tricked the fuck out of me, I'm like, do you know what? Every single bit of that was worth it. When I see a client transform and I see their life transform and I'm like, yeah, that's what it's about. You know, it's yeah. not for me. It's not. And I say with my business, my business, my focus in my business is 100 percent on service. and 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 yes yes i charge people for it but the money actually isn't that's just an energetic exchange money is energy like everything else it's an energetic exchange the real the real value is is the the impact and the change and the service and and that's that's what really lights me up knowing that i can create such an impact with people but yeah there has does have to be an energetic financial exchange for that yeah. And that's just the way the universe works. And it's, you know, people are putting that commitment in to go, actually, yeah. But there are people that don't understand that. People didn't thought I was mad going to Sydney, doing my training. I went, I went back again to do my master practitioner training and I was out there for two weeks. And people are like, you're actually crazy. You know, you haven't got the money. I'm like, I know I haven't, but no, I'm not crazy. And, and I said, you know, I've said to a lot of people when they said, are you actually losing your mind? I was like, no, I'm on the, I'm on the, the biggest journey to discovering my mind yeah, and actually reclaiming. Yeah. For the first time. No, I'm about to, I'm about to really discover my mind. I'm not losing it. I'm gaining everything, but people with their fears and their beliefs and their conditioning, a lot of people don't understand that. And that's fine because everybody's on their own journey and they will do what feels right to them at the time it feels right to them. And, and, you know, I honor that within people. It's not right for everybody, but when you know it's right for you, it, for me anyway, it doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks because it's my journey. 
Yeah. And if I want to invest in something, I will invest in it if it feels right, if I'm aligned with it. And that's my choice because I'm at cause, I'm taking responsibility yeah, for absolutely. my results, good and bad. And maybe some choices I make, I think, well, actually that didn't work out so well, but I definitely learned something from it. Yeah. And other times I'm like, yeah, that was even better than I thought it could be. Yeah. And even for someone who's not going down this path of coaching, for someone who's just doing the work for themselves, just doing the work to change their own lives, to empower themselves, to release limiting beliefs, whatever it might be, to find more joy, happiness or peace. The change that that has in you also has change in those around you because those people around oh, you yeah. are going to see you change. They're going to see you light up and they're going to think, holy heck, like what is going on? I want what they've yeah. got. And so you're yeah, going to yeah. then inspire that in them. And it could be people yeah. who have also been too fearful to take that step to change, to question yeah. the thoughts that they're having or to question the life that they're living. And they then look at you doing that and they think, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. And so yeah, that, and that's massive. That investment in yourself pays dividends for other people too, whether, oh, yeah. no matter what you're doing, because as you change, you also, you empower and you change those people around you. And yeah, and I think I've, oh, so Karen. I was just going to say, it's so interesting, the, the value that we place on ourselves. Like we've been so conditioned to think what's valuable and, you know, I'll easily see, someone go out and spend a couple of thousand dollars on a new iPhone or a new iPad or buy themselves a yeah. 60 inch TV. But then you put a $500 or a thousand dollar coaching package in front of someone who's yeah. going to change their life and they'll question it. They'll be like, Oh, I'm not actually sure. And, and the thing is that our perception is completely warped. We should be the most valuable thing. There should never be yeah. a question in our minds yeah. of spending money on developing ourselves, spending money yeah. on changing ourselves because that is going to change everything. And I always say... A lot say, of it's though a fear of being judged, isn't it? It's a fear of what will other people think? Yes, yes, that, that is you well. know, If I spend a thousand pound on myself, who's going to judge me? Yeah. Who's going to think, you know, have their, their opinion on that? that? I think that holds a lot, of, a lot of people back with it, that's for sure. And everyone's spending a thousand pounds on an iPhone, so no one's going to judge that. But yeah, because that's cool and you should have one, you know, so <laughs> yeah. that's okay. But to spend it on yourself, like, why would you do that? But I yeah. see, I find a lot of people who've watched my journey and they'll say to me, like, you know, God, you're so inspiring. I wish I could be like you. And I'm like, I'm nothing special. I just made a commitment to myself and I followed it through. And actually, anything I've done and anything I've achieved and the way I've grown, you can do that too. There's nothing magical about me. There's nothing special. I'm not different to you. I just made choices. Yeah. And actually, you could make those same choices if that's what's right for you. Hmm. Wouldn't it be a beautiful world to live in when we get to the place where being in love with yourself, having absolute self-worth and putting yourself first is as popular as the latest iPhone, <laughs> when oh, wow. we wear that I mean, with a badge of honor, when it's like, oh, hey, I just upgraded myself. I just yeah. up-leveled <laughs> and I've got this yeah. whole new experience going on. And people are like, wow, 
I want to do that too. I want to get the latest up level. <laughs> yeah, I want to get the latest version of myself. <laughs> yeah, that'll be yeah, great. That would, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, I try, I've got, I've got young children and I've got an older child and I, I, I work really hard in, in installing that kind of stuff in them and, and saying, look, this is, this is the, the best thing you can do for yourself. This is the best gift you can give yourself is to love yourself. And today, and in fact, my son said the other day, he said, to him, what did he word it? He said, oh, I, d I don't think I'm worthy of that. And I said, please, I'd, I would prefer not to hear you say that again, because actually that's, that, that's not something useful for you to start. So he was like, well, what's the problem? I said, because that's just the catalyst of a pattern and you're downloading a limiting belief that, that trust me, as an adult, becomes a massive great thing because you, in passing, said, I don't feel I deserve that. And I said, well, let, let's reframe it. Let's, could we find a different way to say the same thing? Mm. You know, let's find, and we, and we did that and we found a different sentence for it that actually became quite an empowering sentence. He was happy because it kind of, to him, said the same thing, but to his unconscious mind, it said something completely different. Yeah. Rather than that, putting yourself down and actually, no, you know, you are worth it. And okay, maybe your behavior wasn't so good and maybe there are consequences to that, but let's call it something different. Mm. And those words, are, the words we use are so powerful and so many people don't, they're not even aware of, of the, the derogatory things they say to themselves, yeah, let alone the impact that, that that has. But like I say, if we could all just wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I love myself, I'm amazing, and feel it and then that's the thing really feel it but not in an ego way and, and i think that's the thing people get confused with it's nothing about ego there's mm. no ego in self in true self-love there is no ego it's a very balanced spiritual energetic thing there's no ego about it but if you could start your day like that and you could you could radiate that energy all day the, the impact you'd have on people around you strangers in the street people in the supermarket they'd feel it they feel mm. that energy yeah. And and people people feed off it in a really good way. The same as we feed off people's negative energy. You know, like attracts like, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It's nothing nothing to do about vanity. Loving yourself is not about standing in the mirror going like, oh, look at me. I'm so beautiful. I'm so incredible. Because that's vanity. It's yeah. You look at yourself and you think, I love you. Like I love myself. I love who I am. Yeah. I love what I do. And yeah. I have absolute belief and confidence in myself. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I think that I'm superior to other people or I yeah, see myself than somebody yes, or... in this hierarchical looking down on people. No, it just means that you are complete, satisfied, happy and in love with who you are. And yeah. from that place, you can accept that everybody else is on their own journey doing their own thing. And that's okay for them too. And you, yeah. you look at them with judgment because yeah. you're happy They're within where yourself. They need to be the same yeah. as... I'm where I need to be. And, and I have this conversation a lot with people about the word selfish. And people go, well, I can't be selfish. And I'm like, I think if you were selfish, that would be one of the most empowering, life-changing things you could be. But that word has such a negative connotation. People think of selfish as a negative thing. No, selfish is one of the best things you could do. Because if you do it with love and integrity and gratitude and all of those kind of things, it's amazing. Because if you value yourself and look after yourself, you can value, you know, you're, 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 you're more, um, you're a more positive influence on your children, on your partner, on your friends, on the people around you by being selfish and looking after yourself. But again, people think of it in ego terms and, and these words are, 
they're actually such powerful life-changing words but they've just become really negative words that people consider to be bad things to do to love yourself to be selfish actually no you need to be doing that we all need to be doing that so much more yeah to create a better world for everybody and the problem with the word selfish or i guess where the negative connotation around it becomes or comes from is that the word selfish has been used as a manipulation word so it's been used in, yeah. in relationships and experiences where people yeah. say you are being so selfish and basically what they're saying at that time is they're saying you're not doing the thing that i want you to do and that's yes. not okay and so again yeah. it's that conditioning of you need to respond and behave in ways that please others rather than ways yeah. that please yourself and so yeah being selfish from a place of true love understanding and joy is saying that's beautiful. no i'm not being selfish by doing this thing that you want me to do what i'm doing is i'm being true to myself i'm being true to my yeah. morals i'm being true true my values i values am and respecting myself i am living my yeah. truth and if that upsets you then that is your own issue That's i'm not being selfish <laughs> yeah. i'm not here to behave the way that you want me to behave i'm here to no. do what's right for me and you should yeah. do what's right for you and that might be someone else who does those things. But yeah, the word has been used so much to manipulate us in relationships of, of saying, you're not doing the thing that I want you to do. That's very yeah. selfish. It's like, hang on, actually, no, I'm just being And I think truthful. as individuals, we do it as well. We say, right, that's it. I'm going to be selfish from now on. We mm. don't mean that in any nice way. No. It's not a nice thing. Whereas if I said, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more selfish to me, that's that's authentic, that's integrity, that's love, that's a good thing that other people will benefit from as much as I will. But yeah. most people go, right, that's it, I'm being selfish. Like, no, that's, that's not a good thing to do. Yeah, there's a positive version and a negative version of that word. And the positive yeah. version is one that's done from a place of love, self-respect and truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just want to talk a little bit about how do you find your way to this place of self-love, self-empowerment, self-worth when you're in the midst of an abusive relationship? And obviously you've been in that place. And like you said, you know, you, you had the feather relationships, you had the brick relationships, and then mm. you had the Mack truck. And yeah. <laughs> so for anyone else who's out there listening to this and they're struggling because they are in a relationship where maybe they've had five relationships, 10 relationships, and it's compounded over time of them not mm. putting these boundaries in place. And now they get to this point and maybe as a result of listening to this podcast, which would be beautiful, they think to themselves, I am going to take responsibility. I'm going to take radical responsibility and I'm going to realize that yeah. I have a role to play in this and I'm going to make that change. How do you do that in the midst of all of those things, the, whether it's physical abuse, emotional abuse, you know, and your self-worth being so low because it's been eroded over time? Yeah. Where, do you, where do you start? For me, the, the, where I started was seeking help from other people mm -hmm. and i think sometimes when you know when you're in it you're so in it that you can't see what's going on in the same way for me it was working with coaches who called me out on things and went well how's that working out for you 
why are you doing that? And, and started to, they made me question myself. And I think, you know, for anybody who doesn't feel they're in a place to invest in themselves and invest in coaching, there are so many incredible, you know, audio books. There's incredible stuff on, on YouTube, like podcasts like this. There is so much information out there, but we have to take the responsibilities to start searching for information, searching for answers. There's so many inspirational people, whether it's on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, following people that are, are perhaps have lived what we want to live and, and mm. have come through what we want to come through. You know, we, success leaves clues. We, we can start to model people who have, have achieved what we want to achieve. <laughs> and I think when you're in the midst of it, it, it can seem so, so overwhelming. And it's, it's about taking small steps if you can take big steps you take big steps but if you can't you take small steps but it's just saying to yourself well if something doesn't change nothing will change and if i'm taking responsibility the changes have to start with me mm -hmm. so i have to start changing something about what i do and how i do it and and how i react and i think so for me it was it was going and doing my my practitioner training it was working with coaches and and for me it was other people helping me and guiding me into to clearing out these emotions to understanding things and to really getting myself to those massive holy fuck moments of like shit okay I'm responsible. Now, what do I do about it? How do I, because in some ways, you know, realizing you're responsible, that can be so overwhelming in itself for a lot of people that just pushes them straight back to where they were because it's like, oh, that's too much. It's just mm -hmm. too much. I think sometimes it is taking smaller steps, but you just have to do something. Yeah. And it kind of, there's no right or wrong. I don't think it's, and everybody's different and everybody's journey's different. Some people would go full on and go, right, I'm going to, you know, get a coach. I'm going to do some, you know, some work with somebody like you with the emotion code. And, and there's so many things you can do, but for some people that's just too much. It's too, it is too overwhelming and, and they just need to take those smaller steps and it's whatever's right for the individual, but you've got to do something. Yeah. If you don't do something, nothing's going to change you're just going to carry on getting what you've you've always got and, and i've had it you know my relationship where i knew for a long time i needed to get out but you know i'm a fixer by nature i'm a caring person like i can help him i can make things better and then you're like no you're just destroying yourself this person doesn't even want to get better they don't want to change what are you doing but i stuck with it for a long long time I knew I needed to get out, but I was kind of so overwhelmed by it. I just didn't know. I don't think I just didn't know how to do it. I had so much guilt and there was all that emotional stuff. I think having somebody who can help you with the emotional stuff and clearing the emotions out is, is really, really important because every time I ended the marriage, then I'd feel guilty. Like, where's he going to be? Where's he going to sleep? Is he sleeping in his car? I feel so awful. What's going to, and when it finally ended, I did it from a place of no emotion. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Not in a horrible way, but I was like, you cannot live here anymore. And actually you're a grown adult and I don't give a shit where you go or what you do. And I don't mean that in a cold way because that's not who I am at all, but it was kind of like, do you know what? You've made your bed, get on with it. And, yeah. and it, it's up to you. You're an adult. It's your responsibility now. But to get to that place, it was, I needed, I needed people to, to guide me and support me and call me out on things and, mm -hmm. and bring to my awareness the things that I was, 
I was not allowing to come up because I didn't want to face them. Yeah. But when you work with a coach and they ask you those questions, so why, why are you doing that? You know, why are you allowing that? And you're like, mm, that's a good question. And yeah. you know, you can't, you can't, well, you, somebody would do still hide from it, but you, you kind of need somebody to ask you those triggering questions to really make you go, ah, oh, actually, yeah, why am I doing this? What, what is going on here? Yeah, but it's and I get you know for some people that's that's just massively overwhelming so I think you know it's reaching out to, to people just reach out to people whether it's somebody who's been on the journey that you've been on somebody who understands who gets it whether it's a coach whether it's you know a counsellor a psychotherapist I, for me I think it doesn't matter who it is it you just need to reach out to somebody and that somebody could be an audiobook. It could be listening to The Secret. It, you know, it could be something like that. It could be um, a YouTube video, watching, you know, Tony Robbins, I'm your guru, whatever it is. Yeah. But you've just got to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And just even those small changes, you know, small changes over time, they compound and they become such absolutely. big changes. I like to yeah. talk about things from the 2% principle. So, if you could just do something today that was 2% different from what you did yesterday. And yeah. then that 2% is so small that the change is almost unnoticeable. It's not uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not yeah. jarring or um, extreme to the senses. Your body doesn't go into a state of shock because it's, it's not this big change. But then if you do that 2% tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and yeah, the next that day, compound effect that is compound huge. is massive. And it's yeah. just those small little changes. And I think the thing is, yeah, when you, when you're in it, you're, you're so in it, you can't see the wood for the trees. And that's why that external yeah. help really does play a big role because those people are not yeah. in your perspective. They're not looking at the world through your lens, through your conditioning, yeah. through your environment, through your beliefs, through your feelings. They're looking at it as a completely neutral outside, um, viewpoint and they see things that you don't see. They ask you questions that you yeah. may never have thought of. And that is really, really powerful. Yeah. And sometimes the questions I ask clients are the most simplistic questions, which are the most powerful. They'll, they'll tell me a scenario and I'll a question I use a lot. And it, it, I can see people's faces when I'm like, Oh God, you're asking me that again. But I say, how's that working out for you? Mm. You know, they're saying, well, this is how I'm like, how's that working out for you? And they're like, not so good. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You're going to carry on or you're yeah. going to create a change. Like, yeah. let's not overcomplicate things. This is, this is your options. You either stay as you are or you make a change. Like you say, even if that's just a tiny one, that 2%, but if you don't start doing the 2%, you're never going to get to where you want to be. And I'm it's continually going to ask you, so how's that working out for you? So how's that working out for you? Yeah. yeah how's that? And they're like, not good. I'm like, not good. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, ultimately, that's the definition of insanity, isn't it? Doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different yeah. result. And so if you can just make that marginal change so small, mm. you're not doing the same thing. Yeah. You're not living the same yeah. day over and over and over. Your day yeah. is just a little bit different. And then yeah. you start to and see And understanding that change starts with us. Because usually we're waiting for the other person to change. Yeah. Oh, well, they might, you know, when that happens, they'll probably feel a bit better and they won't do it. No, you know, it has yeah. to start and end with us. Yeah. Don't wait for somebody else to treat you differently, change, behave differently, you know, clear their shit. It has to be, has to start with you. Mm. And for 
the parents who are listening to this podcast, how do you help your children? Because obviously your children are implicated and involved in all of this as <clears throat> young beings growing up, they may not be mm. anywhere near as emotionally mature or aware as we are. They may not know how yeah. to understand the situations, deal with them. How do you help your kids through these experiences? That's it. It's a great question. And, you know, as, as you partly already know, something I have a lot of experience with because my children have, have suffered massively as a result of, of, of what they've experienced throughout their lives. And, and I've, as a coach, I've, I've been able to see from the outside and, and see clearly everything that's going on and how it's impacting them. But I had to realize that I was too emotionally involved to be able to really help them through it. So I can support them and love them as a mum, but I couldn't, I couldn't fix things for them. And, and I realized that they're my youngest two are nine and 11. And I realized that actually they needed to be able to process this stuff and heal this stuff now so that it didn't become the things that impacted them as adults. And I knew particularly with my daughter, I could see the patterns of she was going to become exactly as an adult, exactly what her, father had been and 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 I could see her she was going to be the narcissist in the relationship 100% she was going to be an absolute nightmare and it was a case of I have to do what I can to help them now to process this and to heal to to come through it and come out the other side and I tried to do that myself but I realized that actually that's not the way to do it. And, and again, it's about finding that person or those people outside of you that can help them release that, that aren't emotionally involved. They're not emotionally attached to it. And it's heartbreaking as a mum to see your children in such pain and know because I'm living at cause and I'm taking responsibility to know that I have a massive responsibility for why they're where they are now because I allowed them to, to, to be in this environment. I allowed this stuff to go on and on and on. And I'm taking that responsibility for where they are. And you want to just fix it. You want to just take that pain away from them, but you, you are too attached to it. You, you can't do it. But I would urge any parent, it, the, the sooner you can get the support for your child, the better. Because the younger they are, the less deeply embedded those patterns and those emotions are, the easier they are to release. And, you know, obviously both my children have, have worked with you and, and done emotion code work. And, and the change in them is just, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal in the way they look, the way they behave, just everything about them. And, you know, you've seen it yourself because mm -hmm. they've gone through the sessions. They're like different children. Yeah. And we kind of owe it to them, I think, because we put them in that situation, not intentionally, but we did when we're taking responsibility. We put those innocent children in that situation. We have a responsibility to help them heal and grow and progress mm. out the other side of it. So I think, again, to get that support for them, to get that guidance from them and to to you know there are lots of different ways to do it you know say yeah. for my children they've been working with a specialist psychotherapist they've they came on leaps and bounds with that and then they've done emotion code work with you again they've come on leaps and bounds again with that it's finding what's right for you but again it's doing something 
Yeah. You know, rather than sitting back hoping and wishing, oh, they'll grow out of it, they'll forget about it. No, these things get embedded in the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. They become deep-seated patterns. They'll become the root cause of something. But then when they're 30 and they're seeing a coach or a therapist and they're going, well, what's the root cause of this? Well, when I was seven, this happened. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's the, the earlier we can clear that stuff and, and change those patterns for them, the better, really, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And as parents, you want nothing more than for your children to live a life of happiness and success yeah. and to be the best that they can be. And so at the youngest age, it is so important if you can give them those things, you know, no matter what the scenario has been. And, and even for children who haven't gone through an abusive relationship, you know, or been involved in a marriage where there, yeah. there is abuse, Children just need support the same way that adults do. And I see this all the time with the people that I work yeah. with, the emotion code. We are clearing out stuff from childhood. We are clearing out yeah, stuff yeah. from when you were a child. That's like you say, it's become so ingrained and it's caused yeah. patterns, beliefs, behaviors. It's caused us to, you know, respond certain ways to situations, yeah. feel how we feel about ourselves. And it's because as a child, we don't understand how to process those emotions. We don't actually yeah, understand exactly. what the emotions are. We don't know yeah. what we're feeling and we don't know how to deal with it. And so, yeah, yeah and I think the, getting outside help really powerful. Yeah, it's massive. And I think the thing I find, so when I do work with timeline therapy, which is, you know, in some ways is it's some, similar to, to the work that you do, that we're going back to find, well, where was the root cause of this emotion? Um, is that, some of the limiting beliefs that people have as adults, they started with the most insignificant thing as a child. Like I was at, I was at primary school and my best friend said, I don't like you anymore. I don't mm -hmm. want to play with you. And we felt like we weren't good enough. And there started your pattern of I'm not good enough. And then you added layer and layer and layer to that pattern until you get to adulthood where you're like, you feel like you're completely worthless and you're like, where did this come from? And people are like, but I had a good childhood. Yeah, I'm sure you did, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't something yeah. in your childhood that actually started this process. And it doesn't have to be, I think people think it has to be some massive, great life-changing event. No, it can be the most ridiculously small thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you said to your mum, I want to be an astronaut. And she said, that's ridiculous. You could never be an astronaut. That starts the process of feeling like you can't achieve what you want in life. Yeah. So I think, I think all children, I think the kind of work that you do, the kind of work I do, it, it should happen in primary school. Kids should learn this stuff from the moment they start preschool. This should be on the curriculum worldwide, that they should be learning the mindset stuff and, and yeah. coaches and people like us should be in schools teaching this, this kind of thing and, and empowering kids to understand that there are infinite possibilities for your life and don't ever let anybody tell you any different. Because if you want to be an astronaut, be an astronaut, you know, keep that dream alive, keep that energy, keep the emotion that makes you feel amazing that you've attached to that because that's far better than attaching to the emotions of my friend doesn't want to play with me because they said they don't like me anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, in later life, that just isn't going to serve you. Yeah, absolutely. And what, a, what an incredible world it would be if that was, if that was the way that schooling and curriculum oh, is, you know, I, I've often thought as I've gone through my own journey of self-discovery and uncovering and clearing all of my own stuff that I just thought, man, if I had been taught this in school, if I'd been taught how yeah. to think, how to manage my emotions, how my beliefs yeah. are built, 
my life would have been totally different. But I mean, again, l- love for the journey and really appreciative of it because yeah. I am where I am because of it. But yeah, yeah. just be a very different, different reality. But if the school day started every day with meditation, oh wow, you know, yeah. if that was if that was get to school, go into meditation, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You're like, just wow. I mean, yeah. that would just the gratitude. consciousness would open up yeah i mean we do when we sit around for dinner i mean the kids will go like okay so what what are we grateful we sit and talk about gratitudes at the dinner table and now it's become second nature to my kids whereas one of them will say to me oh oh i've just thought of something can i do a gratitude i'm like yeah of course you can absolutely you know whatever it is i'm like wow that's amazing what a beautiful thing to be grateful for no matter what it is they'll get the same response from me like oh that's amazing that's such a beautiful thing to be grateful for and encouraging that in our children is you know for for future generations it's just it's just huge the collective consciousness is opening it's slow but it's you know that awareness is raising and and there are people like us who are are pushing to to raise that collective consciousness more and more and i think the more we can do that the better and and i'm very passionate about doing that with my children and and if schools could do that like wow yeah but it just it's a game changer isn't it yeah and and i think as a parent there's the opportunity to be both realistic but also really empowering with your children and the things that you say to them you know so like if your child says something like i want to be an astronaut to to say well if that is something that you want then it is within your power to make that happen in your lifetime if you really want to be an astronaut and you always want absolutely then you could do that because just like i I was saying earlier with that two percent principle of changing things you know two percent per day positively that experience you were talking about as a child where the friend says i don't want to play with you anymore because i don't want to be your friend that's the two percent compound effect but in the opposite direction it's that one little thing which yeah. it's the snowball effect. So that one thing then catches another and another and another. And yeah. before you know it, you're 30 and you've got this whole huge heap of um, self-worth issues yeah. and it all started with something so simple. Yeah. I would say it's like layers of an onion. Yeah. We're just adding the extra layers on the onion. And then we get to adulthood and we're like, shit, how did I get here? How did I become this person that thinks this? And like you say that that initial thing, that ridiculous thing in the playground or at nursery or wherever is so so insignificant on its own but it was the catalyst for that compound effect it was the catalyst yeah. for that that two percent and like like my son will say to me oh, i want to be a professional footballer i could say that's amazing but you're not really very naturally gifted at football but i would never say i'd like oh that'd be incredible he's like when i'm a professional footballer i'm gonna buy you a really big house mommy and i'm like oh that's so amazing that's so beautiful that you would think of that but so many parents or people would go, well, that's ridiculous. You're never going to be a professional footballer. You're never going to have them, you know, you know, buy a Lamborghini or whatever. And that we don't realize how damaging that is to children. Mm. It, you know, crushing those dreams. We need to be encouraging them and saying, actually, do you know what? If you put your mind to it, then, yeah, anything is possible. Absolutely. And, and encourage them to, to reach for whatever goals they want to, to reach. You know, yeah, you, you, you inject a bit of reality in it but in a positive way. Yeah. So, like, well, actually, you know, if you worked really hard, yeah. yeah, if you worked really hard and you train really hard, then, then yeah, you could do really well at football or you could mm. achieve that. Um, 
but they need to dream, you know, as we, we, we've lost the ability as, as adults to, to think like children. And we actually need to find our inner child because that mm. inner child's children are the best manifestors ever. They're yeah. like, because they don't have fear. They're yeah. just like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can be an astronaut. I can fly to the moon. I can get a Lamborghini. There's no fear. Yeah. And they just, they manifest the most incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, just so easily and then yeah. it's only in adulthood when we've got all this fear and these limiting beliefs that we then struggle and everything becomes so difficult to manifest because mm. we've got all of this negative energy around it yeah absolutely beautiful uh, yeah. yeah the children are our future and so we should look after them in the best way that we possibly absolutely. can and empower them as much as we can and you know not only is that really beneficial for them but it's beneficial for us too and like you say you know, working with, with Harley and Charlie, just noticing the difference in them. They are yeah. oh, it's a win so a light and just bright and shining their light, you know, and it's yeah, just so yeah. incredible to see that. And like I said to you this morning after our session, I just, I felt really emotional. I got really teary after just seeing how, how happy they are. You know, it's such an incredible yeah. gift. So Oh, it is. Yeah. And it's, you can't put a value on that. You know, you can't put a price on that and say, actually, my kids aren't worth investing that money in. Absolutely. They're worth investing that. And when you see the results, that's when you realize it was worth investing 10 times that amount. Yeah. You know, without a doubt, when you see what comes out the other side, you're like, yeah, I would have, I'd have paid an infinite amount to have that result and see my children so happy and light and free and, and just, like you say glowing and energized mm. you can't put a price on that kind of thing yeah and my my favorite motto is you can always make more money but we can never make more time yeah absolutely so, you know if you want to spend money to invest in enjoying your time living a happier more fulfilling life spend the money like obviously yeah, don't go don't go into debt investment. and rack up you yeah. know thousands in credit cards or anything but just be you know conscious of what you're spending your money on but invest in in making yeah. your time as beautiful and as valuable as you possibly can yeah absolutely 100% with you on that i think for me i don't know what it's been like there but this lockdown situation has i think has taught people so many valuable lessons about time and actually, because we've got so much more time to connect with our families and things, the pace of life has slowed down. And I think I'm, I'm hearing and seeing so many people on social media really valuing time in a way that they've never valued it before. And I'm like, God, I hope you carry this on yeah. when all this finishes and you don't go back to the hustle and the stuff and worrying about the latest iPhone and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Because at the moment, everyone's connecting and, and they're, they're, they're looking at what they're grateful for and they're really valuing things that they've never valued before and it's such a beautiful i I feel for me i feel this this time has been a gift it's been an absolute Mm. gift you know yeah i'm aware there's some pretty awful things have happened and some people have gone through some really tragic stuff but for me personally this has been such a gift i just feel very blessed to have had this time and had that extra quality time with the kids and and time where i'm not distracted by stuff because yeah. there is no stuff to be distracted by. It's kind of, it's bringing us back to self. Yes. And that's massive. You know, like we said, that's where it has to start and, and end. And people are being forced to look within at the moment and, and return to self. And that's really uncomfortable for some people. 
But for me, I'm just finding that so empowering. It's just, it's beautiful. I absolutely agree. And while, yes, I, I do feel sad for the people that have gone through really tough times and um, really harsh experiences as part of this, I think globally there just has been this element of slow down, reset, reevaluate, yeah. and, and yeah, really yeah. look at what's important to us. And I think that's something that's so beautiful. Okay, so just slowly bringing this to a close, um, let's just end off with, so coming back to the whole message that we've carried through this, so moving from pain to power and owning your shit. Yeah. In, do you want to sort of maybe give us three things that you think that someone could just start with today? Three things to do to start owning your shit and moving from pain to power. What I, I, I mean, I always say the tagline for my business, this should always be the tagline for my business. And when people do coaching with me or come to my events, they very much get to know this is a, this is a big part of me. So I will say to people, take fucking responsibility, own your shit and move the fuck on. <laughs> and that to me, you know, some people may not resonate with those words, but that's fine. That's okay. Cause I'm just authentically me. But to me, that's the essence of it. You know, if you want to change, if you want to create change, it has to start with looking at your role and understanding what is my role in this. And if I'm present, I must have a role to play. And knowing that that can be quite uncomfortable. But if you don't take responsibility, you don't own your shit, you can never turn that pain into power. And, and I believe that my greatest power is the pain that I went through because it, it made me who I am. It allowed me to evolve and become who I truly am. And I'm really proud of that. And it's just, it's, it's having that, that ownership and recognizing it and going, sometimes it's even just going, do you know what? I've got a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. And it's my problem because I'm feeling it's a problem and, and I don't want to have a problem anymore. So what can I do to let go of my problem? Because so many people are quite happy holding on to their problems because mm. that gives them an identity. Like, okay, this is a problem. This is not right. This is not good. What can I do about it? And it is just taking those steps, no matter what it is, whether it's reaching out to somebody like you, to me, you know, somebody that inspires you on social media, like I said, audiobooks, YouTube, there's so much stuff out there. And I think, you know, in the age of information, ignorance is not acceptable. It's not an excuse because we have everything at our fingertips and, and a lot of it you don't even have to pay for. You know, yeah. on YouTube, there is so much knowledge and information and inspiration that we've kind of got no excuse once we take responsibility for the fact that we have a problem. We have a problem. We don't want to have a problem. Therefore, we have to do something about the problem because nobody else is going to come along and magically on a unicorn and fix it for us. It, we've got to do it ourselves. So it's just taking that step to acknowledge that there's a problem and accept responsibility and start asking yourself, okay, how can I change this? How can I create small changes, little steps, baby steps towards getting to where I want to be and, and just know that it's a journey. It's a process. It's not a quick fix. Yeah. It's not an instant, like, I don't want this problem anymore. Okay. It's gone. Woo. Everything's amazing. Life's brilliant. It, it yeah. just, that's not reality. Yeah. Reality is that you will get more and more challenges. You'll be tested. That's, that's the way it is. But 
It's just take responsibility for how your life is. Stop blaming other people, the economy, you know, the dog, whatever. Stop yeah. blaming other people and go, do you know what? I have a role to play in this. So that's where my focus has to be on what has my role been and what would I like my role to be in the mm-hmm. future? Beautiful. Magical. All right. So just to close, can you say that line for us again, the responsibility owning your shit and moving on? My tagline for my yeah, business. Say that again. I love yep. it. Okay. So it is take fucking responsibility, own your shit and move the fuck on. Beautiful. All right. Simple. Simple. <laughs> Straight to the point. Love it. That's me. <laughs> I also, I don't do tea and sympathy coaching. I'm a no bullshit. Push you up against your boundaries, trigger the fuck out of you, but with the biggest dose of love you will ever have. You know, yeah. you will know it's done from a place of love and you will hate me and love me in equal measures whilst you have coaching with me. But the result of it, you know, you'll, you'll be forever grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, any of our listeners want to get hold of you, Nikki, where would they reach out to you? Uh, my Instagram and my Facebook is Sunflower Ventures Coaching. So that's that's where you can find me or or just my personal Facebook, which is, again, is all just coaching and inspirational stuff. So Nikki McManard League. So uh, any of those, you can reach out to me. That Anybody who feels that they want to reach out to me or they resonate with anything I've said, then I would absolutely love to speak to you and and, and share any anything with you that I can. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Nikki, this has been amazing having this chat to you today. Thank you very much for sharing your story with us. It is an incredible story of how you moved from pain to power and how you owned your shit, how you took (laughs) responsibility and and moved on. struggling to say those words. Yeah, no, that that don't really flow out of me. They flow freely from from your mouth as they do mine. No, they don't. Yeah. That's why why we're all different. That's what's good. It makes us all different and that's, that's good. But thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you sharing this space with me and giving me this opportunity to to share my message. And and if it just connects with just one person, then it's worthwhile. You know, if it connects with more, that's amazing. But even just one person goes, ah, and has one of those holy fuck moments while they've listened to this, then for me, that's a massive win. So yeah, thank you. And to everyone listening, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And if you could go ahead and like this on whatever platform you're listening, either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that would uh, go a long way to making this show continue. So thank you very much. And uh, my pleasure. We'll chat soon to all of our listeners. Thank you. And uh, we will see you soon.